Thank you for joining us for Three Bees on the Law podcast, hosted by Trisha Barita, Camille Canali, and Susan Dawson. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Welcome back to Three Bees on the Law. We're going to be talking today on part two, uh, discussing all things driving related to companies and employers. So let's kind of get this started. Uh, We're really wanting to focus on the policy issues here because in our part one, the previous episode, we talked about all the considerations that sort of should be mulling around in your head and your practices. Um, But in your actual policy, there are things that you should probably have written down in there. Uh, Let's like start off with talking about tickets because we kind of talked to Susan about that in the last podcast. What do you think about what we should put in the policy related to tickets? Well, we should let employees know that if you uh, commit a, a violation, a moving violation while driving, uh, even on company time, that that is not an authorized, you know, behavior, and that you're responsible for that ticket. What about you, Camille? What do you think? I agree. For once, Susan and I are all <laughs> I think that you know employees uh, should follow the law, and if they don't, the ticket is on them. Yeah, I uh, I definitely think it's a good a good idea to have a policy that addresses that because, um, you know, hopefully, you know, they take care of the ticket and maybe you don't even hear about it as the employer. But um, unless you have it somewhere later in your policy, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, if it's off off um, company time, but um, uh, if it does come down to they they're thinking that the employer should pay or the employee should pay, you know, having a policy would be the first place to start to try to break that down. Okay, what about trying to uh, look at who actually is going to be driving for the company and what kind of driver's record they have? Um, is that something you're allowed to do? Is uh, California let you do that, Camille? Yeah, so a lot. So I actually have quite a few clients who have very strict policies um, on this, and some of them don't even allow their employees to have a single ticket. And they're expected to report tickets both on and off duty to the employer as well as accidents. And if they have any of those things um, that could result in termination. And so if you have a strict policy like that, you really have to make sure that you are pulling their DMV records regularly um, to check because, you know, a violation of that policy, if their job requires them to drive could mean a termination. And so you need to make sure you're staying on top of that. I think that's why it's so important to define who the heck's driving for you and who's not. I think if it's wishy-washy, like you have a beautiful policy, but you really don't have it clearly defined in who's being authorized to drive and who isn't being authorized to drive, it's hard to get that right that you're actually background checking the the right people. Now, you may background check the whole company, um, but, you know, a lot of businesses I know just background check the people that are the known drivers that have been designated to the insurance company um, that they have the insurance on. And they may not be back on checking the, you know, the driving records of other people or not have a policy even related to that because they're not really thinking about it. So I think figuring out who are the authorized or unauthorized drivers or deciding that you're going to check everybody um, I always am careful about that with background checks. You know, I like to see that it is related to the job. Um, you know, that you're not 
overstepping if they're never, ever going to drive on behalf of the company. But I think that that can change from industry to industry and sort of what, what their responsibility is. But, um, well, and it's like yeah. state, right? The rules related yeah. to it. And you brought up in our previous um, in our previous podcast about, hey, say Sally is running out and grabbing sandwiches for the office, and that's we talked about in the last podcast how that can be considered uh, performing, you know, duties on behalf of the employer, uh, and that you're on the job. But Sally never, you never thought Sally would ever drive, so you didn't check her driver's record, and now you find out that Sally has a terrible driving record, you know, so it's not perfect. It's not, you're not going to catch it every time. I like, yeah, I'm, I'm like to be, you know, front forward on what Camille said. I like my policies to be very, uh, put the own, you know, the onerous on the employee to be reporting, self-reporting to throughout the year, because you may be checking those driver driving records once a year. Um, you know, at least here in Texas, I don't know, unless maybe you hired a specific company to be constantly checking your employees, you're not going to know they get in, you know, they get, they go out over the weekend, something happens, uh, they do get a, they do get an accident, they do get a ticket and they drive on behalf of the company. Do you have a policy that's really going to tell them, Hey, you're supposed to report that within 24 to 48 hours back to the employer. And they may not report it, but if you end up in a lawsuit, at least you had something saying you expected them, you know, that you, um, here in Texas, they have, um, under the vicarious liability statutes, this sort of statute where an employer would be responsible for an employee's actions, um, such as them driving a vehicle negligently. Um, and they have, you know, also, um, you can bring a lawsuit against somebody for negligent hiring. And part of that would be that you wanted to make sure that you did look at the driving record of the people that are driving on behalf of the company, or the employer could be found to have been, um, uh, negligently hiring or training that individual. I don't know if you guys have those laws in your states, but um, it's certainly something I think about when I'm talking to employers about who's driving on behalf of the company. Well, and another thing, you know, if you have that requirement that the employee self-report to you, but they can only have, for example, one point on their license or one accident, you know, your employees may not self-report because they know that could result in a termination. And so if you have such a policy, it may be wise to pull those DMV records more frequently so you can stay on top of those issues and try to avoid liability because you also have to comply as an employer with your policies consistently, or you could wind up in trouble as well. And so I think that's also an important part of the policy is not only do you put the onerous on the employee, but then you actually have to do something to follow up to make sure you are checking up on your employees. Yeah, I think so. I don't know how often they can get into it. I think, you know, it's very industry specific too. If you've got, if you've got people that, you know, um, are, are doing a lot of driving, that's their sole job in driving. I think you definitely would want to be knowing what, what is going on with their driving records. Um, I don't know how often that would be, but I think you'd have to do it on case by case scenario with the industry and, and the state that you are in and making sure you're in compliance to try to limit that liability as much as you can. Obviously, when you have someone driving on behalf of your company, it's only so much you can do uh, um, to limit your liability. So have insurance. <laughs> what, what do you guys think about them having insurance, the employees having insurance? I think, Camille, you had some thoughts on this. Well, I think you should if the employee is driving their personal vehicle for their work, such as you have a salesperson or someone who drives their own vehicle, you know, it should be a requirement that they maintain their own personal insurance and compliance with the state law. 
in addition to whatever insurance you provide. What about you, Susan? I, I agree with that. Um, you know, in, the, in addition to, I mean, I think you should still have insurance on that individual. But if you have the type of office, let's say you have a small company or only, you know, 30 employees, 15 employees, something small that's casual, that someone's always running off over to the post office or running out to pick something up. And you don't have one of those jobs where people drive for the job. It's a genuine office. People drive to work. They may go get themselves lunch. They drive home. So you don't really think about getting driving insurance. But if you do have someone that's popping out to do errands for, for the job every once in a while, it's not a bad idea to have insurance on them because like we've discussed, that's still working for you. That's still driving on the job. It might only be five minutes away, um, but accidents can happen and frequently do happen very close to home and close to the office. Right. And it could be as simple as sending out someone to get a birthday cake to celebrate somebody's birthdays in the office and they have an accident on the way back. You know, so sad. That would be so sad. <laughs> That's not a good birthday celebration. But I, I think in the policy, you can, you know, behind the scenes, you got to get insurance where you need to, like you, you both you ladies are saying. And then in the policy, if you can put some weight on them to have their insurance to cover their personal vehicle, um, delineate between, I, I like to say, if you're not that, that you've given, you've been given some type of written authorization to be a driver on behalf of the company. I know that that's like kind of stretching it probably not going to always work, but <laughs> I, I like it in that policy anyway, just because, you know, at least leaves room for the argument that you never, that person never had the authorization to drive on behalf of the company. Um, if they didn't get it, the, get the authorization officially. Now I know, I know it's a, uh, it's, you know, lawyers writing policies, how this goes. But um, um, I would let's talk about the safety issues, because that's if, if you don't have if you have people driving at all on behalf of anybody on behalf of your company, you should have something about safety in a policy. What do you guys think? Well, sure. Following and complying with laws and at least here in Illinois, what we call no distracted driving, which I'm sure is similar to other states. But no texting and driving, no cell phone usage while driving, no, in, in Illinois, it goes further, literally nothing that could distract you from driving. So like it, it actually goes so far in Illinois to say that you shouldn't be eating like a, um, like a, a, a pizza or a hot dog. Is that what it says? <laughs> no deep dish pizza while you're driving the car. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. There is a law, no distracted driving. And you can have liability if you are driving while distracted and distracted goes beyond. It's not just no texting and, and driving. It goes beyond that. Yeah. I don't think we have a pizza hot dog rule. What about you, Camille? <laughs> well, I mean, we do. We actually do have. There is a statute, you know, that you're not. Oh, wait, of course you do. Why am I asking? you? <laughs> I don't think it's as specific um, as Susan. I mean, it can just be as simple as, you know, changing the radio station that you don't even think about that causes you to have an accident. Um, so we do have a similar type statute and it's a ticket here potentially. Right. I mean, it is a it is a ticket, but when it comes down to policies, you know, it's not, we're not uh, necessarily throwing in you, you in jail because you changed the radio station and you got an offender bender. It's not that, but if you were on the job and you did that and you got in an accident, the company could be liable. So, I usually recommend that you have a no distracted driving policy and that all your employees that are going to be driving, 
they sign and say, not only will they agree not to drive distracted, but if they do, they'll, the, the, the ticket's on them and they'll indemnify, indemnify you for any damages that you have. You know, whether or not you enforce that is up to you. Um, whether have, or not they have any money is also. <laughs> right. I mean, you can't just necessarily deduct it from their paycheck, at least not here in Illinois. It can't, mm -hmm. it can't be like that, but, but you can go to the employee and say, this ticket's on you. Right. You signed this policy. We were damaged. You know, the, the company was issued a ticket or we've had this lawsuit. You need to pay. Now, the employee might not have any money, of course, but but at least you have something um, to protect you. Uh, whether or not you know the extent to which that'll hold up, depending on your crafty business or, or plaintiff business, crafty plaintiff's attorneys. But it's better than nothing. So yeah. you need something saying that you told the employees that this was not allowed. Yeah. And, and the important thing is, you know, if you're going to have these policies, you need to enforce the policies um, with all of your employees. You can't pick and choose which employees you enforce them with. And, and sometimes it's a very difficult decision because an employer will have someone who is very productive and very efficient, who has a very bad driving record that is not in compliance with your policy. And the decision to get rid of them you know, unfortunately, should not be a difficult one because they haven't complied with your policy. But for other business reasons, you don't want to get rid of them. And that can create a problem down the road. If God forbid, you know, that employee is in a, a tragic, you know, accident where someone is injured and it's not just a minor fender bender. Right. Yeah. I mean, once the thing, that's the tricky part about driving records is that it sort of just doesn't go away. Like it's, you know, it's every piece of it is an evidence of for against the employer that if they have tickets, car accidents, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, driving while intoxicated or under the influence, you know, all evidence of poor choices on behalf of that driver and all bad stuff for the employer that lets them drive on behalf of the company. So these are all good points. I certainly liked your point, Susan, where you're talking about the um, and I remember even before they had more laws here in tech, you know, how we don't love a lot of like regulation here. Um, before we had a ton more laws related to what you could do while you were driving, I think we were on the later boat of the states going forward with that. You know, a lot of employers, and I was certainly encouraging employers to go further to say, hey, who, you know, that might not be the law, but you really don't want these people driving and texting, even though that may not be the law yet. You really don't want them doing these, you know, eating deep dish pizza. I might add that in now, Susan, to my, my, sure. podcast, <laughs> to my sure. policies. Sure. And um, then, so add, added violation if you're eating a hot dog with ketchup. But if there's ketchup on it, bad. You're so silly. You're so <laughs> silly. All right. Um, either way, I, I think going a little further, because I, I mean, uh, I think you really you can't protect yourself enough when it comes down to this, because just as Camille noted it, you know, there's the bad side of this stuff is that it can get serious, pretty serious, pretty quickly in these, um, you know, and, you know, having insurance isn't, isn't going to solve the issues of what they could cause. I mean, property damage, personal injury, et cetera. So, um, you know, bad PR, um, you know, employees injured, other employees injured, other people injured. So there's a lot of stuff that goes along with it. I think we kind of talked about a lot of the good stuff that you want to make sure you hit in those policies. Um, is there anything else you guys want to add? So, you know, the one interesting thing is, is if your employee is in an accident and driving, you know, that also brings up workers' comp issues if they're injured. 
sure. um, were involved in the accident. So that's something else, you know, you want to consider, you know, as well, when you are crafting these policies and addressing the insurances, you need to address it with your workers' comp carrier probably as well. Good point. Good point, Kamel. Susan, you got anything else to add? It happens, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've covered it. Just get those get those policies in place, everyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, then um, uh, we'll call that a wrap. And uh, thanks for joining us again on Three Bs on the Law. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast of Three Bs on the Law. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. We also welcome any comments. If you'd like to get in touch with us or suggest a future topic, you can email us at 3-T-H-R-E-E-B's on the law at gmail.com. And because we're lawyers, we need to remind you that this podcast is not meant to provide you with legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.